Money FM 89.3, best of weekends. Steve, uh, let's talk about good news from COVID-19 and the impact that it might be having on the political process in Washington. What do we know so far? Well, right now, coronavirus equals compromise. And it's, it's, it's depressing in a way that it took such a drastic situation to bring Republicans and, together, and Democrats together to address uh, the country's needed issues. But boy, that's been happening right now. The, you know, the first uh, relief package was passed by the Congress uh, by a vote of 363 to 40 in the House, by a vote of 90 to 8 in the Senate. Um, there's now the $1 trillion stimulus coming out. Uh, and that should pass with heavy bipartisan support as well. So, it's, it, boy, it took this, but it's great to see Americans, both Democrats and Republicans, coming together to get something done to provide relief in this situation. Yeah, that, it, that is a, a good news story for a change out of, out of uh, what has been a very stagnant uh, Washington in terms of getting things done together uh, in, in recent years. The stimulus package was not without some controversy, though. There were uh, Elizabeth Warren, among others, and including Republicans, wanting to see uh, some stipulations put on, especially as it relates to uh, some of the big businesses getting bailouts, that they would make sure that that money would go toward um, actually toward the workers and toward the people and not just stock buybacks and things like that. Uh, do we know, uh, do we have anything further on that? Are those stipulations uh, making it into some of those bills? Well, see, that's exactly right. This is why you need compromise. You have certain people with one position that you need to take care of the workers and then tend to be some of the you know, more, more moderate Democrats, but certainly the Republicans are, well, look, if the businesses go under, there are no workers. Um, so how do you get that compromise? And that's what's been happening. Now, there's going to be a, a big debate on this as the, uh, you know, as the stimulus package, the, the trillion dollars gets debated because that hasn't passed yet. Um, how much do you give to the companies? Which companies do you bail out? Which ones do you bail out first? Who do you give money directly to in the United States? Do you give it only uh, to the working class? Do you give it to the middle class? What's the cutoff? All of this has to get debated, but they don't have the time to, to, to get, uh, you know, to stay on their high horses on each side. There's got to be a compromise. It will get done. There's no question it'll get done. And, and we'll see how the details come out in the next couple of days. There was also some concern that uh, that Republicans were trying to sneak in stuff, as happens with all of the legislation in Washington. Uh, things like, for example, anti-abortion uh, issues and, and some of these uh, stipulations. Um, do we know anything more about any of those things that would have been problematic to getting these bills actually passed by a bipartisan uh, majority if, if, if these, some of these uh, pet projects, let's put it that way, are slipped into the bills? Well, it's funny, you know, Mitch McConnell, who's the Republican Senate Majority Leader, he said that uh, this legislation has to move at warp speed, which, of course, shows how old he is using a Star Trek reference. 1960s, huh? Exactly. But when you're moving at warp speed, you don't have, you know, if people aren't going to play games, maybe somebody's going to try on, on one side to get something that, that, that's, you know, that they want as a pet project. Maybe somebody on the other won't. But look, the center's going to hold. This has to go. It has to go fast. We cannot, you know, debate this as a country. We've got to try and take care of the economy. And what's in this bill is not just about taking care of the economy. It's about taking care uh, of people's 
you know, health. It's about getting free testing. It's about not having, um, having, making sure insurance covers everything. It's about getting, you know, all the equipment manufactured that needs to get manufactured. It's putting off the filing of taxes so people don't have to worry about April 15th as a tax deadline. So I, I think there might be I, I, some people who try and flip stuff in. Boy, I hope not. I think it'll get knocked out. And you, this will pass. It'll pass soon. It'll get signed by the president. I mean, when you saw and this isn't part of the legislation, when you saw Andrew Cuomo, who's the governor of New York, who has just gone after President Trump and vice versa, when Andrew Cuomo came out and said the president is doing a really good job uh, on, on the coronavirus right now, getting, mm. getting help to New York, you can see people are putting aside their, their partisanship to work together as a country. Yeah, very interesting. Uh, Steve, you had a, an interesting article this week on California and the uh, obviously the massive economy there and what's at stake. Uh, take us through what your premise was in that article. Well, I mean, I think part of it was you can't compare the shutdown in California to China was, was part of it. And then the other part of it uh, was that uh, even within, you know, the economy of California, it's not going to be only losers. There are actually some of those Silicon Valley companies that are going to be winners. And I think the first is because California, um, in terms of services, and I'm not talking about retail, I'm not talking about the people who work in, you know, in the hotels and in, in restaurants and pubs and the like, but the, the services that like for the infrastructure of the internet, their stock prices are going up 40%. Cloudflare is an example, while the rest of the market is going down. So because of California not being a manufacturing nearly as much as China, you're going to see a, a you know a lumpiness in terms of impact uh, in California that you didn't really see in China, where it just hit the entire um, economy. Uh, but I think the other thing is that people are looking short term. What's this mean for the short term economics? Well, finally, you see people in the United States now. I think 20% of the country is on lockdown, realizing we can't think about short term. We've got to think long term, and we've got to do the right thing. And we don't care what the short term economic hit is. And so you're seeing California and New York taking the lead, and the rest of the country is going to follow. Yeah, uh, and of course, there's you know much of California is now on lockdown or various stages of lockdown uh, as well. So that, of course, is going to take a hit on businesses, the, the, you know, the restaurants, the F&B kind of uh, businesses where people would normally be out uh, spending money, but now are not going to be, uh, as is happening everywhere. Um, let's move on toward uh, talk of the election. And uh, what is this doing? It's, it's funny because for a change, we have heard precious little <laughs> about, about the November election uh, in recent weeks, at least on this side of the ocean. Uh, but obviously, plans are still going ahead for the election in November. And, uh, you know, Joe Biden's campaign and I would assume Bernie Sanders campaign is still uh, doing some stuff. What are the candidates actually doing these days? Well, on the Democratic side, the primary was over anyway when Joe Biden won uh, those three states uh, on St. Patrick's Day. So if you think about it, you had Super Tuesday, which was March 3rd, and Biden knocked uh, Sanders down using a, a boxing metaphor. And then the mini Tuesday, which was the Tuesday that followed Biden with even more and more wins. He knocked Sanders down again, and he knocked him out really in, uh, on this past Tuesday on St. Patrick's Day. So the question is only how does Sanders get out of the race with the coronavirus? Now, no one cares about politics. They care about 
the, their lives, their health, the lives of their families, especially if you have older, older parents. And so the who are still alive. So so it's out. The politics is out. Sanders is done. Sanders has stopped fundraising. So his campaign is essentially over. The only question is, how does he bow out? When does he bow out? Um, and in terms of the general election, it's also on hold. So you don't see Biden doing anything right now. Now it gives Biden time to get a national strategy together. It gives Trump time. So it's to his advantage to be presidential, to act presidential, to get the accolades from people like you know, New York's Democratic governor. So we'll see how it plays out from a, a political perspective. But right now, everything's on hold. Yeah, I mean, certainly, you know, candidates can't be out on the campaign trail at a time of national uh, crisis like this. But from past your past experience, what what is the strategy, if there is, if, if I can use that in not a cynical way, but what is the strategy of of uh, or potential strategy of campaign of campaigning during a time when you can't be seen to be campaigning if you know what i mean is it just hunker down and and suggest good you know suggestions on how the country can get ahead and get through this or you know they cuz they need to stay relevant they need to stay sort of in the public eye but without seeming like they're uh, you know not taking this uh, uh, with a great deal of empathy toward the people that are impacted well and you know and another point you, you, everything you just said 100% right. And the other thing is money. You need money to run a campaign. But boy, if you're going out now asking for people to give to money to your campaign as opposed to donating it to charity, uh, to you know, donating it to, to those in the greatest need, to keeping the money for yourself if you have lost your job. So you can't fundraise now either. That would, it would just be such a tone deafness, I think, to be out there asking for money when, when people are losing their jobs you know, left, center, and right. So you really, you, you, what, what you see the Biden campaign doing now is saying, look at what the Obama administration had done to prepare and what happened when Ebola happened. Look what Trump has done and really make the election a referendum on how Trump has handled the, you know, the, the coronavirus to date, whether or not the country is much worse off today than it would have been otherwise had he taken the warnings seriously that were coming out of China a couple of months ago. Yeah, and certainly the uh, the stock market has shown uh, massive, massive uh, problems uh, in the last few weeks. Uh, and again, this past Friday at, at its close. So there is that because Trump has always run on the idea of his business acumen and being able to make sure the economy is strong. So that's quite interesting. Uh, Steve, one last question, and and, uh, I'm not sure how much information you have on this, but this past week, two Republican senators were accused of of, uh, perhaps some kind of insider trading when they sold millions of dollars worth of stock following um, Senate you know, and uh, Senate briefings on COVID-19 before it was made public, right? Uh, and it was uh, Senate Intelligence Committee Chairman Richard Burr and then uh, Senator Kelly Loeffler, both Republicans. And, and they sold, like I say, millions of dollars worth of shares in the weeks after lawmakers were first briefed on the virus, but before a lot of this really went public. Um, is that is that uh, something that is making uh, a lot of waves? There are a lot of stories about it, but are people paying attention to that story? Absolutely, they're paying attention. It's because, well, put aside whether it's illegal or not, and you could certainly argue whether it's ethical or unethical. And what gets into it is the the you know being being accused of a hypocrite because they will show that while they were selling 
stock. They were also talking about how great the country was prepared, how much the president was doing. People shouldn't be panicking. So publicly, they're saying one thing, but privately, they're doing something else. You could certainly say that this is just part of what President Trump calls the swamp. Right. It's it's this is what people do in Washington. Um, They are, if not corrupt, uh, they have been corrupted by being in Washington for so long. It's why we need change. And so this is a it it plays into that narrative. Put aside Republican or Democrat. It plays into the narrative that people in Washington operate under different rules than the rest of the country. And it's why somebody like Donald Trump was elected to begin with, and it's just going to lead to more change. So it puts that Georgia Senate race in play for sure. And you make matters worse. You know, her husband is the president of the New York Stock Exchange, and she is the wealthiest member of the Senate. <laughs> and she sold her stock while talking up how good the stock market was. It is a terrible look. Well, it is. Uh, of course, Mr. Burr and Ms. Loeffler have both denied any wrongdoing, uh, of course, as the politicians always do. Um, and she has even said that she wasn't in charge of her own investments, that it was done by somebody else, uh, you know, in her blind uh, not a blind trust necessarily, but uh, somebody else was handling her affairs, so she didn't have anything to do with it. So we've got that side of the story as well. But uh, you know, that's right. But but there's a difference between illegal and there's a difference between unethical, and then there's a difference between saying being a hypocrite, saying one thing and doing something else. Mm. And she she got grilled on Fox News. So when a Republican gets grilled on Fox News you know that there is some tone deafness (laughs) in the responses that she is putting out. Yeah, clearly. All right. Well, great. Steve, thank you so much for that uh, wrap-up today on our International News Review. Appreciate you coming on. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download the SPH Radio app available on Google Play or the App Store.